am Coach Michelle Kennedy, Master Life Coach and Chief Curator for Embrace You Training Solutions. And thank you again for coming to join the show. Come, let's sit down and talk. So uh, in our last segment, we were having a conversation with two of the life coaches from Embrace You, uh, the Currys, Shanice and Darrell. So we were in such an amazing conversation that we couldn't cut it off. So we wanted to do a be continued. So uh, if you haven't gone and watched the show from last week, go back and then you can catch up. But we're going to start right where we were. So we were talking about how grief has an impact on what you do uh, and why you do it now. Mm-hmm. So going forward, what does the service you provide to people who are grieving looks like? Um, so currently I am offering a um, eight-week mindset adjustment course. So that could be a lot of different things, but what we have to realize is a lot of things start here. So mm-hmm. a man thinks, so is he. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So it's just basically week by week, we're touching on different things to get to the root of the problem, to figure out how do we heal? Where do we go from here? I just finished one course and we have one starting um, June 16th. No, excuse me, June 15th next month. And I'm super excited about that, just allowing people to transform. Again, with grief, everyone has their own process. But I believe once we learn how to control our emotions and we learn how to channel our thoughts, that begins the healing process. So if someone is interested in becoming a part of this group, how would they contact you? Um, So you can contact me on my website at www.radicaltransformationlifecoaching or just find me on Facebook. My name is Shanice Curry. Good. So if you are in the need of a mind reset, contact Shanice so that she can get you set up for uh, her program. So you mentioned healing and everybody's healing process Mm -hmm. looks different, just like everybody's grief process looks different. So Shanice, what did your healing process look like? To be honest, um, As I was explaining in the last session, my process started when I started my group, but it wasn't complete. Um, Taking Embrace You coaching, I really learned a lot of things about myself. Although we learned how to be life coaches, right? In your voice, we had to learn how to heal ourselves in order to heal somebody else. We had to be able to coach in order to coach the whole person. We had to be healed. We had to realize what our triggers were and things like that. So I think those were the dots that kind of completed everything to help me be able to be healed. And Darrell, so what did your uh, healing process look like? Um, my healing process is it's funny. And, you know, I'm the type of person, I, I suck it up and I keep moving. Um, my healing process was more more of me being able to open up to my wife and coming in to embrace you, uh, coaching and, and, and in the classes and, and being able to talk with certain people in the group, talking with you, uh, that, that, that helped me heal. Mm-hmm. from some things yeah so i know one of the things that we uh have as one of our mantras that every coach needs a coach mm-hmm. um and it's opening up in the course to coaching is what helps you to start that process and knowing that it is just that like healing is not um a one-step thing mm-hmm. you know even when you think about 
Jesus in his healing. There were some that he, he touched and were instantly healed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there were some that had a healing process. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he touched the, the blind man and he said, what do you see? He mm-hmm. said, I see me in the trees. Yeah. He touched him again, you know, and when something has multiple steps, that's called process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and being able to help others through the process of healing. What does that do for your healing process? That's a good question. Um, It helps me, to be honest. I think that if I would not have took the journey of going through Embrace You Coaching, um, I think that if I would not have took the journey of starting my woman strength group, that I would really still be in a dark place. Not to say that um, someone else's situation is worse than mine, but sometimes you'll look at some people and be like, well, God, I have the nerve to be complaining, but they're going through much more than what I'm going through. And I believe that we're all put here to be disciples of Christ. And what does a disciple look like? It looks like people that are there for people, not necessarily judging them, but seeing what they could do to help them heal or help them be delivered or help them be made whole. Mm-hmm. So that's how I see that. So, Darrell, how do you think helping others heal helps you heal? Um, I I would just say by you know, because um, a lot of stuff I I I teach and I say, not only does it it help that person, it helps me. So seeing seeing other just seeing other people heal is like a smile to my heart. Mm-hmm. That that builds on and strengthens my heart. Yeah, and it is seeing the light bulb come on for people mm-hmm. is an amazing feeling. Especially when you learn that regardless to where you are, healing power still can flow. Mm -hmm. There's like a difference when you're, you're hurting and your, your desires to help others heal or when you're hurting and you're just bleeding all over people. There is, uh, I went through a period where I knew I didn't need to minister, but I needed to be ministered to. In those times that you feel that you're not able to press through, what does that look like? I'm putting up a Facebook post and saying, Shanice will not be live tonight. <laughs> Keep me in your prayers. And I go to people that I know that can cover me in prayer. I go to my husband and let him know. And sometimes he'll be like, you got to push through. Let's pray now. And you got to get through it. But he can tell those times when I just need a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the issue. I may be shifting a little bit, with, but with church and with ministry now, like we, they feel as though they have to keep this strong aura about themselves that they have to look like they got it all together all the time but you're not like you said earlier it's okay not to be okay Mm -hmm. and it it takes moments where you have to realize i need a break i gotta step back because i can hurt somebody because i'm hurt Mm -hmm. oh you will definitely hurt someone Mm -hmm. um i say all the time leaders who bleed in silence bleed on those they serve openly Mm -hmm. and i know that because i was a bleeding leader Mm -hmm. I was a leader who had anger issues. I was a leader who was judgmental. I was a leader who um, lied. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we don't realize when we are pretending to be healed and we're not, we're lying. Yeah, that's good. And I remember times going in church, doing revivals, laying hands on people, not realizing how detrimental it was in the state I was in, but we're taught to keep going. I shared with one of the coaches not too long ago, 
we're told don't stop, mm -hmm. but there are times that you need to just pause. Yeah. And a stop and a pause look different. Yeah. And it, and, Go ahead. And, and, and I believe that if you stop, take that moment to stop and pause or just take that break and, and allow yourself to be ministered to, It'll 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 keep you from exploding. Mm -hmm. It'll keep you from going on a rampage. Mm -hmm. It'll keep you from cussing this person or that yes. person out. You'll be able to keep your stopping and pausing will uh, save your uh, character, save who you are. Mm -hmm. It doesn't it doesn't mean that you're not a real pastor or you're not a real prophet or anything, but you're saving your face mm -hmm. by stopping and pausing. Yep. Even Jesus had to pause. Yeah, like. He had to pull away. And we have this uh, superhero mantra mm -hmm. when it comes to being leaders, like period. Not even just in the church, but mm -hmm. being business owners. Yeah. We feel like we've got to be the one who does everything. we got to be the one that solves all the problems. And it becomes so overwhelming yeah. to the point that it will cause you to abort your purpose. I was going through a situation and I had to pray and say, Lord, don't allow me to let my feelings abort my assignment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because when we begin to operate in our feelings, it's a dangerous place because you can't trust your feelings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you go about what you're feeling like, you could be, your feelings, they change from one moment to yeah. the next. Especially, you know, if you have some emotional issues, like you can go from one to ten, mm -hmm. what they say is zero flat. Right. And when you look at not being able to be in the position to get the necessary help that you need, mm -hmm. it will cause you to hurt those that you, uh, you, you your desire to minister to. And going on that pause for me changed my relationship with who Christ was. I've always been a church worker. Like my mama went in labor on her way to church. Wow. <laughs> and that's no joke. No, that's for real, for real. So I've been in church all my life. I've done everything you could think about in church from pastoring to cleaning the toilet to being an usher. And my connection to Christ was church. That's mm -hmm. come on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and oftentimes, when that is our connection, when that factor is no longer there because you're hurting and you've decided I'm not doing church anymore, then what? No relationship. None. None. Preaching, prophesying, laying hands, speaking in tongues, seeing people healed, delivered, set free, and I was so bound. Mm -hmm. So taking that pause gave me an opportunity to build a relationship with Christ mm -hmm. so that I could be a part of the church. Mm -hmm. And that was a big move for me. I didn't grieve the loss of the life that I had. I didn't grieve uh, the loss of my father. So I struggled for years, not, not allowing myself time to go through the grieving process, not allowing myself to take the pause that was needed 
And there's such a big difference between a stop and a pause. Even when um, it takes more energy for you to start back yeah. when you stop than it does when you just take a pause. You know, it's like when you're riding in a car and uh, you come to the, the light. If you go to a complete stop, then your engine got to start right? everything all back over. Yeah. But you hit that pause to turn that car, yeah. you already That's still gone. in sync, so you can keep going. So oftentimes, knowing that it's okay to pause when you're having those moments, especially when it deals to grief. Some people try to do life as usual, but it's not life as usual because there's a missing piece there. So how do you make it through when those missing pieces are not there? I know for me, when um, we had the topic um, pregnancy, I was like, listen, I'm not coming back to work. Um, like I mentioned, I do the Facebook lives. I was like, I'm not going back on Facebook live, but I am connected to certain pastors. And as you think, are you, as you were speaking this, it took me back. Like a lot of them was like, well, you got to get up. You got to, you, when are you going to go live again? But no, I need a moment. And I didn't feel bad about it. Like mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was the issue. Even when I was ready to go back to work, he was like, you sure that you're ready to go back to work? But I think it's different for some people. Some people do get their healing from continuing Mm -hmm. because sometimes the idle mind is the devil's playground as well Mm -hmm. so again everyone grieves differently but for me I just literally needed to take a step back and Mm -hmm. even sometimes now if I need a minute I'm gonna take it and I don't feel bad about it absolutely um it is so vital because what I did and um when I lost my father because I'm that person who does everything for the family. So if it's something that we need to put together, I'm the one who's going to help put it together. If it's something we need to have created, I'm the one who's going to create it. So from the moment, I was actually standing in the cemetery at Restline um, because my ex-husband <clears throat> was doing a graveside. And when I got the call that my dad had passed, so... From that moment, I instantly started planning. Yeah, trying to stay busy. And it wasn't staying busy. It was because that was my assumed role in the family. Yeah. So I started planning. I started making calls. I started making connections. I did not stop. Hmm. I kept going. Uh, making funeral arrangements, doing the obituary, doing this, finding the family member, doing this, doing that, and realizing hindsight that I never even took a moment to just cry. Yeah. And when that moment did hit me, and I was sitting in the restaurant cemetery at someone else's funeral. Mm. And it, when I say it hit me like a ton of bricks, like I was having a panic attack. I couldn't breathe. It was as if I was reliving that moment in the same cemetery when I got that call. And I believe if I had just taken a moment to pause, to understand that it's okay to recognize what you're feeling, I would have been able to manage my emotions a little bit better. I tell people a lot, 
we go through these times where we sit and stuff. Sitting our emotions, sitting our heartache, sitting our grief, because we never take the moment to say what they're feeling. And what I have discovered for me is if I take a minute to acknowledge what I'm feeling and say what I'm feeling, I can move forward faster. Where it would take me a week to recoup, a week that you don't have. Like, can you really afford to miss a week out of all the things you do because you're sitting in your feelings? No, because now you're a week behind. So just taking that moment to acknowledge what I'm feeling has um, changed the trajectory for me. So going back to our topic of grief, because we done talked about a whole lot. <laughs> we done shared about a whole lot. But going back to um, the topic of grief. So, um, if you could say anything to Shanice, who you were prior to grief, with the knowledge you have now after grief, what would you say to you? I would say, work on you, um, but don't blame you. I, I took a lot of time blaming myself. Even sometimes I blame my husband. Like, well, what is wrong with him? But just try to understand that, you know, life and God's timing is not my timing. And I have to understand that everything is working for his perfect will. But also to release it, say it, be open and talk to my husband mm-hmm. and, and have that conversation. Let, if we're going to grieve, then why not grieve together? Versus you being in the garage grieving and I'm in the room grieving. We did a lot of that. We did a lot of grieving separately. That's what I would tell myself. Oh, that's big. So, Darrell, if you could tell, if the Darrell today could tell the Darrell three years ago before DJ passed, what would you tell yourself? Basically, most of the same thing she said and let it let it out. Release. Mm-hmm. Don't sweep it under the rug. I picked up a trait from my mom. Uh, as I sweep stuff, some stuff I sweep it under the rug and keep it. That, and that help, do help me keep moving on. But somewhere down the road, it'll it'll trigger back. It'll it'll set me back. Uh, so if I was, that's what I would tell Darrell. Now is that uh, let it out. Yeah, and it's funny. I just said yesterday in a workshop. Uh, when it comes to sweeping things under the rug, like you can't see it, but after a while, you're gonna trip over that mm-hmm. lump. You sweep it under there, yeah, it's out of sight. Keep piling up, though. And when it pile up, you're going to be walking, just thinking everything is okay, everything is normal, you're going to trip over it. And that's how it really is. You going on, you thinking I'm okay because I've, I've packed it away, and then something triggers it. Mm-hmm. And triggers are funny. <laughs> <laughs> they will find you, yeah. and you will be sitting like, where did that come from? Um, so in the grief process, knowing now what you all know, how do you think that empowers you all to minister to other couples who may have lost babies? I wish I had somebody at that time. And I know when I lost the last baby, you yelled at me, but I was so used to dealing with Mm -hmm. stuff on my own. All my life, like really, I just 
deal with it. And I really wouldn't necessarily say it was a sweeping on the rug, but I guess it is. But I'm just used to being like, I'll get through it. Because you get so used to being around people that judge you mm-hmm. or that tell you to get over it. Like, when we told our parents that we was pregnant, like, until the last one, they was just like, oh, God, my mom, I don't want another grandbaby. We would call them being excited, and they would just make us feel like, dang, we shouldn't have told anybody. So being able to have that outlet, you know, we didn't really have it. So just being able to have somebody I wish I had somebody so Mm -hmm. for those of you that has lost a child reach out to somebody don't just sit in it and deal with it because your husband or your wife may not be strong enough to Mm -hmm. tell you what you need to know but reaching out to somebody and letting it go that probably would have caused us not to go through some of the things that we went through and what you think Darrell everything my wife (laughs) (laughs) she speak speak my mind a lot of the time (laughs) everything she said yeah she speaks for me a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she's the spokesperson. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and that is so true because going back to where I shared with you all the moment I decided that I was going to just go ahead and live, it was uh, created out of the I'm now going to be there for people mm-hmm. who yeah. are going through the same thing because I feel like I went through everything that I was going through from 2009 to 2014 all by myself Mm -hmm. you know not sharing people on a limited basis Mm -hmm. uh not being able to be vulnerable not being able to say i'm okay because you got people looking at Mm -hmm. you or people uh depending on you because you've made yourself um what people depend on because your need to be needed um and deciding if i find somebody who's going through and i come across somebody who's going through i'm gonna be there for them and hindsight i now know like that's where my desire to be a life coach came in wanting to be there with people and what i find myself now doing is being that person to leaders yeah being the one that coach those who lead others, being that sounding block for those who are um, in high level positions, uh, who are in positions where you can't vent down um, or you can't vent to those you lead uh, because they don't have the capacity to handle it. Uh, So I, I have found myself now in that role to be, the one who coach coaches. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I did my um, application for the life coaching process, I went through, it was like, what do you want to do in five years? And I was like, I want to coach coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, And within a year I was coaching coaches. Uh, I I feel like God had me on a real fast track, but um, you need somebody. Yeah. You need somebody um you have to have somebody mm-hmm. and i think if if leaders had that person then uh they wouldn't bleed on others or yeah. take it out on others um so being in a good place uh going through the process helps us help others yeah. so i am coach michelle kennedy uh and these are the carries would you tell us your business name and your email address again? Um, our business name is Radical Transformation Life Coaching. 
uh, email address is RadicalTransformationCoaching at gmail.com. Or you can just find us on uh, Facebook, Darrell Curry Sr. and Shanice Curry. And I am Master Life Coach Michelle Kennedy. Thank you again for joining the show. If you enjoyed the conversation, you can join us at 6.30 for the Facebook Live. We'll be sharing with the Currys again. So we'll see you there. With Embrace You, I found a career. At Embrace You, I found a family. At Embrace You, I found me. Are you the strong friend who's always giving advice? Are you the one always mentoring and coaching? Have you thought about being a certified life coach? Because here at Embrace You, we have room for you in our family. I am Embrace You. I am Embrace You. I am Embrace You. And you can be Embrace You.